Heavenly Father, words fail us when we think of what a loving, caring God you are. And Father, as we look into your word this morning, we're reminded once again that you are a shepherd to your sheep. Father, may we hold on to those promises of how you will care for us and that your eye is always on your people. And Father, we know that you will never let us go. Bless now the time and the word we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you will take your Bibles with me, let's turn to Psalm 23 this morning. Psalm 23. Um, as we are doing a study in the Psalms, we cannot help because we're picking Psalms throughout. We're not doing all the Psalms, of course, but we're choosing certain ones. But we can't do a study of the Psalms without coming to Psalm 23, could we? Now, I know that most of you have heard every sermon imaginable on Psalm 23. Your devotionals, you know it by memory, and you're probably saying, Psalm 23, well, I think I'll go to sleep now. Maybe I'll just rest because I've heard it all. But it's amazing, as even I was studying this passage, that God showed me new truths that I didn't really understand before. And perhaps this morning, he will give you a nugget of truth to encourage your heart as his sheep, just like it did David's so long ago. And so we're going to begin this Psalm of David. And let's begin there at verse 1. He opens, of course, by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you have an NIV translation, instead of I shall not want, you have I shall not lack anything. I won't lack anything. David here is speaking from experience as a shepherd himself. And he knew that as a shepherd... He had to take care of all the needs of the sheep. They couldn't do it on their own. They had to have a shepherd that was going to supply for them. And what I want us to understand and get a grasp of this morning is that we have that unseen shepherd. We can't see our shepherd. Sheep, you go to anyone... uh, uh, that uh, has sheep and is a shepherd, and the sheep can always see their shepherd. He's always visible. We have a shepherd that's unseen in heaven. But yet, we have these wonderful truths that we can understand that what he promises will come to pass. Every promise concerning God as our shepherd, the unseen shepherd, Turn to 1 Peter real quick. 1 Peter chapter 2. And if you'll go over there with me. As you recall, as you're turning to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. 1 Peter 2, 25. You recall the 
account where Jesus met with his disciples after his resurrection on the beach. And Jesus had food prepared, breakfast. He ate with them. But then he sat alone with Peter. And remember, Peter had already denied the Lord Jesus right there before, uh, as they there as they were jesus was on trial and they pointed to peter and says aren't you one of those that follows jesus you're one of his disciples three times of course we know he denied christ well peter felt like it was his ministry was done you know god could not use him anymore and maybe you feel that way today did you feel maybe that sin from your past is great or you read perhaps it's recent sin and you realize you feel like god i'm a failure i failed you and i you can't use me but you see god is a shepherd who restores his sheep he can he's concerned about restoring and we're going to see that later in the psalm as well but he said to peter as you remember he said peter do you love me and peter was uh, uh, you know when he was put on the spot like that, he could not say, I absolutely love you because of the way he failed. He didn't feel like he could use that agape word that Jesus was using, which is the ultimate, perfect, self-sacrificing love that God showed to us. And so Peter says, well, Lord, I like you as a brother. I love you as a brother, but not agape. And then Jesus said to him, Peter, feed my sheep. He did it three times, right? Do you love me? Peter, then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend to my lambs. And so Jesus wanted, was, uh, wanted Peter to continue a ministry, but a greater ministry as a shepherd of the sheep of the Lord Jesus after Jesus would go back to heaven. And that's what he was. And so Peter is writing here as he pictures the Lord as a shepherd. Look at here at 1 Peter 2.25. For you were continually straying like sheep. Where else, by the way, do you remember a passage that talks about sheep? We're like sheep straying. Isaiah 53, 6, right? All we like sheep have what? Gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We're strayed because of our sin. We've strayed and we still stray. Today, as believers, we'll get off on a path and get in trouble. And, 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 and we still have that sin nature we've got to battle. But here, Peter says there, you were continually straying like sheep. But now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. I absolutely love this title of the Lord. He is the shepherd of your soul this morning. Can anybody love you more and care for you more than someone who is called the shepherd of your soul? Absolutely not. And so Peter is saying, you've strayed before, but come back. There's always a time to come back to the Lord. Like the prodigal came back to the father. If you're, you've been living your life wayward, outside the will of God, God has his arms open as a shepherd. He's waiting for you as a sheep to come back. And he'll take you and mend your wounds. 
And he'll restore you. Restore you in your faith. So we see Peter speaks of the shepherd, the great shepherd here. But go back with me now to then Psalm 23. So David is basically saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I won't need anything. All my needs are met. Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply how many? All your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Every need supplied. But do I really believe that? Do I really believe that, that I shall not want when suddenly uh, I, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring? I'm in a situation. I don't know what the outcome's going to be. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know uh, what, what's going to happen with, with a relationship, in my family, uh, sickness, whatever it is. And you, go, and, and you feel like you're all alone. David encouraged his own heart and encourages us this morning. Remember that your shepherd, the unseen shepherd, will supply all your needs. All your needs. And then we go on to verse 2. He goes on and says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still or quiet waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. This idea of make me lie down in green pastures speaks of a shepherd that won't take his sheep to a barren, deserted land where there's no vegetation. And he go, you know, and it's hot and there's no water around. And he basically says, okay, you're going to sleep here today. You're going to stay here, you know. No, the shepherd is so concerned about the needs of the sheep as God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ is concerned about your needs. He will lead us to a place where those needs will be met. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. The shepherd won't lead the sheep to that rough, stony ground, but he will lead them to lush pastures. That word green is also interpreted or translated as lush. And he makes us lie down in that pasture and he will feed us. And do you remember a time recently when you felt the Lord Jesus like a shepherd with you? And you were, you were hurting, there was pain, but you, you called on him, even if it was, if it was hard to pray. But you, you just, Lord, help me. And you went into his word and he gave you a promise or two and you took it to heart. Did you get that sense of that, that you were in a pastor and that he is calming your troubled soul? Oh, I've had that myself and there's nothing like it. And that comes that leading to the pasture, my unseen shepherd will lead me to a pasture and a place of still waters where I can be refreshed and I can be nourished through his word and by the power of his Holy Spirit that gives me the calmness so that I can be content in whatever state I am, as Paul said in Philippians. Notice he says then, he says, 
He leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside still waters. A shepherd knows that the sheep won't drink from a fast-moving stream. Some of you may know that. Some of you may not. If it's a moving stream, you know what the sheep will do? They'll get to the stream and they'll just stare at it. That's all. Just stare at it. Oh, they, they won't drink. They might be thirsty. They may not have had water for a long time. And they get to water and they stand there and go, they won't drink it. No, that's how sheep are. They need quiet, still waters. And so the shepherd leads his sheep. I can't believe the song that we sang, He Leadeth Me. You know, Janine picks out our songs for, the, for our worship services, and she had no idea what I was going to be preaching on this morning, and she chose He Leadeth Me. Do you think God put this service together? He always does. And so the Spirit will lead me, and he will lead me to those still waters. And maybe that's where you feel you need to be. Right now, you feel more like you're just staring at the fast waters in your life that are rushing by. And you just just feel so discontent and, and, and worrisome and full of anxiety. Your unseen shepherd wants to lead you to still waters. But the only way he can lead me to still waters is if I come and stand still before him. And that means taking that time to rest in him and his word and his promises and allow his Holy Spirit to calm my troubled heart. But I have to believe that my unseen shepherd is going to meet my needs. If I don't believe that, if I, if I have doubts that God's going to take care of me as his sheep, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble because I won't have that peace. I won't have that joy. I won't have that contentment that only he can give in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm. Look at verse 3. He goes on then. Now he says, after he talks about the Lord leading to green pastures and still waters. Then he says, he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. The Hebrew word for restore here means turning back or refreshing. It's like someone who is just weary. It's like a a runner in a race. And suddenly you've, you've run a race and you don't know if you can, suddenly you collapse. You're so tired and, and you have no strength left. And, and, and you feel you can't go another step. That's when the shepherd will pick you up and he will hold you. And he will minister to your heart and to your spirit so that your soul becomes refreshed and restored. He wants to refresh your soul today, dear Christian. As you leave here here today and you've got that week waiting for you with all its cares and troubles. You know, Jesus said, uh, you know, tomorrow you have troubles tomorrow. You know, today has its troubles of its own, but uh, I will 
Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about anything. But understand that David understood what the restoring of the soul meant. For David himself, of course, fell by sin. Sin can take us out of close fellowship with, with our shepherd. And when he did that, different times in his life, he, he couldn't feel the presence of the, 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 the shepherd, the Lord, even though he knew he was there, but his heart, his spirit was troubled. But then the Lord brought restoration, and he'll bring it to you and to me. And then he goes on, and then he says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. This can be kind of difficult to understand. What does he mean by for his namesake? Well, first of all, he, he leads me. It's also translated the word guides, guides me in the paths of righteousness. Now, some translations translate this as he leads me in right paths, right paths, which means paths that will not harm me. But he'll take me down a road that will, that will keep me safe from all the, the, the uh, attacks of the enemy and everything that would come against me as a child of God. Here he talks about the, the shepherd will lead in the right path, path where there is righteousness. A Palestinian shepherd, if you study uh, the shepherds from the Middle East, uh, the Palestinian shepherd was a master at reading tracks. Many marks and paths sprawled across the rugged terrain. And some of those tracks, uh, how many of you have done any tracking? You, any of you hunters? You've, you've done some. Yeah, I see some hands going up. You, 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 maybe you hunt, you, you look for tracks and you set up traps. Well, the shepherd had to read the tracks of wild animals, the wild beasts. Some were made by wild beasts. Some were made by thieves and robbers and those who would seek to harm the sheep or steal the sheep. And the wind also would blow sand and make tracks. But, and, and so it was very difficult to read. And to the untrained, dull eyes of a sheep, he doesn't know which way is the right path. He had a, shepherd, a sheep has no clue. He's got to trust the shepherd, and the shepherd is going to lead you and me. My unseen shepherd will direct me in the paths of righteousness, the right paths, as I am staying in the center of his will by living in obedience to his word. Then I know that I'm walking in the right path. But then he says, for his name's sake. What did David mean by that? For his name's sake. This namesake, the Hebrew word for here, for uh, the word name, is Shem. And it refers to the shepherd's reputation. The shepherd's reputation. For my namesake. You see, shepherds would sometimes hire themselves out and hire out their services to others who need sheep to be taken care of. And so there was always a concern for their vocational 
reputation. Many of you men and women, if you've started a business, and what were you concerned about most? Your reputation, right? What, because your reputation depends on what, how your business is going to turn out, how successful it's going to be. And if, uh, if I allow the, the reputation, my reputation to be stained and soiled and marred, then you can lose the business. You lose customers. Nobody's going to trust you. And God is saying to us as our shepherd, he's saying, I'm going to lead you in the paths of righteousness, but I want you to follow for my namesake. In other words, live your life for my glory so that when someone looks at your life and my life, we do not bring dishonor to the reputation of God, our shepherd. How many times have we done that? You know, we, we, say, we tell people we're Christians. Yes, I, I know the Lord. I'm, I'm saved. And, and we try and live out our faith. But then, you know, then, then there's points where we just don't care. We don't think of God's honor and God's reputation. We've all done it. And then all of a sudden we do something and that, that displeases him or is outside, the, is disobedient to the word of God. And an unbeliever will look on your life and go, wait a minute. You, you call yourself a Christian, but you're doing this. I, that doesn't, it doesn't match up. So is that the kind of God you are? You say you're like Jesus, but, you, but then this is the way you, you act? It could be my emotions, my attitudes. If I have a temper and let it fly, that brings bad light to my shepherd in heaven. If I have bitterness and I allow that bitterness to overflow towards others and I just walk around and I'm miserable and angry and bitter at everybody, what is that doing? It's reflecting on God in a bad way. That's what David is talking about here. He's talking about my namesake. We need to be concerned about the reputation of God as we live our life. And so then he goes on. And then verse 4, even though now I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. And a number of our folk here have walked recently through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of you are headed there, perhaps, or you have loved ones that have been given the bad news. And death is coming. Of course, it's coming to all of us unless the, the rapture takes place and we're taken out of here. But each one of us is going to have to go through that valley of the shadow of death. I, when that time comes, David knew that in the dark moments of his life, in the shadow of death, that Death may, may, he didn't know whether he was going to live or die because of his enemies and the attacks on his life. What did he say? Though I'm walking through darkness, in the darkness and the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. Now that word evil there is not the idea of sin, okay, as we, th we think of evil. But actually the word 
if you really translate from the Hebrew, has the idea of danger. If you're, you're going danger, injury, or harm. I will fear no danger. I will fear no harm. Even though I'm in the worst place I could possibly be. Why, David said? He said, because you are with me. Shepherd, you are with me. I know that I don't need to be afraid. How's your, your uh, mind and heart today when it comes to walking through that valley? Is it filled with fear? We all get there and fear can grip us and steal our faith. And suddenly we begin to doubt God. Lord, where are you? I can't believe you've allowed this to happen to me like Job. You know, he asked why. But David had the confidence that the unseen shepherd, his unseen shepherd, the Lord, was always with him. What did Jesus say? Hebrews 13, 5. I will never, what? Leave you nor forsake you. He won't. This, our shepherd, the unseen shepherd, I have to believe in my heart. And this is where faith comes in. I have to believe that my shepherd is with me all the time, that his spirit is within me, that he walks with me, he guides me, he's there with me in the darkness, in the pain, in the suffering, even in the face of death, he is with me. And he will never, never leave me. And then he goes on and says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me in that darkness. Our Lord's staff and rod, they comfort me. Of course, you've, you've heard the studies on this as well. The shepherd had a rod, a stick, that he carried with him, and he used it to fight off any wild animals, to protect the sheep. And then he had the staff with a hook on it. And he would use that staff to pull the sheep that were kind of drifting away, pull them closer to him, keep them in the flock and closer to him. And see, David, as being a shepherd himself, he felt that with the Lord. He says, Lord, you are my protector and you are the one that is going to Comfort me because you are always going to be near me and close to me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Turn to John chapter 10 real quick with me. John, Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 11. <clears throat> Here the Lord Jesus speaks of himself as a shepherd. Now, there are, there are three uh, passages in the New Testament where Jesus is referred to as a shepherd. He's called the good shepherd here in this passage. Another passage, he's called the great shepherd. And another passage, he's called the chief shepherd. But we're focusing on the, him as a good shepherd. And he, this is what he gives his, himself, this title. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, what? Lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, 
who is not the owner of the sheep, behold, the wolves come and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. These are the hirelings. These aren't the true shepherds that really care for the sheep. But a good shepherd will go so far as to give his life in protection for the sheep against any enemies, whether they be wild animals or thieves or people that want to steal the flock. He will even lay down his life. Verse 14, look at verse 14. He says again, I am the good shepherd. And I love this. I know my own. Jesus has named you. He knows you by name. He knows you. You are his own. I, I know my own and my own know me. Even as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Of course, he's talking about his going to the cross to die for our sins and to die for dirty sheep like you and me. You know, we're, we're dirty, filled with sin, covered with sin, and yet he says, I'm going to die in your place so the enemy of death and Satan will, cannot have hold on you. And so that we might be protected through his death and resurrection. Then verse 16, and I have other sheep. These sheep initially he's talking about are the Jewish sheep, the one, Jews that believe in him. But then he says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. He's talking about Gentiles here. And I believe most of us here are Gentiles. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. But did you know that when he says, said this, he's talking about you? You are one of these other sheep. That thrills my soul to know that Jesus is talking about me in verse 16. The day I would come to follow him as his sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will hear my voice and they shall become one flock with one shepherd. And we could spend all day here hearing testimony after testimony of the day that you came to hear the voice of the shepherd. You heard the gospel and you said, yes, Lord, I receive you as my shepherd, my savior. I receive you lord forgive me of my sin and that moment you came to christ you became uh, one of the sheep of the lord jesus christ so here we see jesus is talking about the shepherd the a picture pictures himself as a shepherd and this is our shepherd the unseen shepherd that is in your life right now and he's going to watch over you so let's go back and let's finish up Chapter 23 then. Verse 5. David then says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That word table actually means in the Hebrew feast. It means like Thanksgiving dinner. And Thanksgiving is going to be coming up. And you're all, you know what that dinner is like. But David is saying, My shepherd... The unseen shepherd, what's he going to do? He'll prepare a feast for me, which means he's going to make, make me uh, meet all my needs and in abundance. And he's going to prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. A shepherd would have his sheep and then make sure that he took them to the most, uh, I guess, nourishing 
pasture where the vegetation is so rich and good for the sheep. He takes them there. And all the while, the animals who want, the wild animals who want to kill those sheep and eat those sheep, the wolves, they'll be around the edge of that. And they'll be wanting to, to come in and destroy. But the shepherd is there. And they fear the shepherd because they know the shepherd will protect those sheep. As long as the shepherd's there, pretty much the wild animals have to just stare and watch. And they see the sheep who are eating contently. A feast prepared before them in the presence of the wolves. In the presence of the enemy that's all around. You and I, our enemies are all around us. In, and they come at us in different forms. But we know that though we, we have enemies in this world. And it may be the, the world, the flesh, the devil. But we know this. That the Lord will provide for us in the midst of it all. And he will meet our needs and nourish us. Then he says, thou hast anointed my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Anointing my head with oil. An ancient custom of hospitality and respect was shown to esteemed dinner guests when uh, the host would anoint the, uh, the guests as they came in with oil that was mixed with fragrant perfumes to refresh them and to soothe the weary traveler. Of course, this also refers to wounds that a sheep may in, endure. And so he would take oil to help mend the wound of the sheep. You might feel wounded today. You feel wounded by somebody, something someone said, something they did to you. But the Lord Jesus, the unseen shepherd, is ready to bring the balm of Gilead, his supernatural oil to calm your troubled hearts and to heal your wounds and anoint your head with oil. And then he says, my cup runneth over. And that means that's talking about the abundance of not having to be thirsty. Jesus, remember the, our shepherd said, Come unto me, all you are weary, heavy laden, I will give you rest. And he told the woman at the well, right? I have water for you, but it's, it's not like your water, this real water here in the well. I have living water to give you so that you will never thirst again. My cup runneth over. I know that my soul never has to thirst again because the Lord Jesus, my unseen shepherd, is with me and will meet, has met that thirst in my soul. And then he concludes, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's goodness or mer and loving kindness or mercy is going to be with you accompany you all the way to heaven. It goes back to that, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And dear Christian, the shepherd, your shepherd is unseen, but he's going to leave here with you. And he's going to be with you. And he's waiting for you and me to call on him this week. In the midst of our trouble and pain, say, Lord, I can't see you, but I believe you're there. I believe your promises. And I'm asking you, Lord, to help me meet my need, whether it be protection or other needs that need to be met or comfort for my soul to restore my soul. He will do that. 
Would you trust him this morning, dear Christian? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for being our shepherd. And thank you for sending your son to be our shepherd. The shepherd of our souls. So that we know, Lord, that we are always being watched. Always being cared for by you. And that we can walk without fear. But walk in faith. Knowing that you will lead us safely home. To your, into your presence one day. Father, I pray you would encourage the hearts of the saints here today as they continue to walk through the darkness. With their heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, dear Christian, if there's a burden, a need on your heart right now, would you just give it to the Lord? Give it to the shepherd. Say, Father, here I am. I, I can't handle this. And just turn it over to him. Open your hand and let go. And let him take control and lead you. He will lead you and guide you safely home. If you're here without Christ, I invite you to accept Jesus right now as your personal Savior. If you've never trusted him to save you, you've never put your faith in this shepherd who died for you on that cross. He took your sins upon himself so that you wouldn't have to go to hell, but he would forgive your sins and give you everlasting life. If you want to be one of his sheep right now, would you pray with me? Pray this simple prayer or a prayer like this. You're just telling him, confessing to the Lord Jesus that you want to receive him by faith. Say something like this now, quietly in your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me and took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I receive you today as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with head still bowed, if you gave your heart to Christ today, at this moment, you are now a child of God. You belong to him. You now have a shepherd. You are his sheep. And he will take care of you the rest of the, your days here until he takes you home to the fold in heaven he has prepared for you. Welcome to the family of God. Father, thank you for decisions made. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. May we leave here restored and refreshed by your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with